Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis. And before we bring in our great co-host, Sam Gordon, also from the Review Journal uh, and Vegas Nation, I just want to let everyone know that Vegas Nation is sponsored by Stations Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Sam Gordon, um, excited to uh, to talk to you today because we have a 53-man roster in place for now. And um, since the last time we spoke, the Raiders have literally turned the page from training camp to full-on bring on the Los Angeles Chargers. It's time to get ready to play some real football games, um, and that's next up on the docket. Uh, so a 53-man roster is in place. Training camp is over. It's time to start the regular season. How excited are you, my friend? Uh, man, Vinny, uh, good to talk to you again, first and foremost. It does feel like it's been a while, but I can't. I could be more. I could be more excited. Um, really, right? You know, we understand the importance of training camp and the merit of the preseason and the evaluation process that goes through that. But we also know that it's all about this time of year, right? And as as we sit on, you know, the first of September, recording this on a Thursday afternoon, we are what a week away from the beginning of the regular season when we get Bills Rams on Thursday night. So I couldn't be more excited. This is always a a great time of the year, and uh, the Raiders, you know, down, now down to fifty three, like everybody else around the NFL are preparing to play, uh, like you said, the Chargers and a loaded AFC West. So uh, a lot of interesting storylines, I think, going into this season, uh, in this division in particular, and I definitely could not be more excited. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't apologize uh, to our loyal listeners, um, you know, for kind of the uh, the erratic schedule these last couple of weeks. But, I, but you know, not to try to make any excuses, but this new uh, coaching staff keeps uh, everybody on their toes with the schedule. So uh, there's a lot of jumping around and a lot of, um, you know, uh, getting word late uh, <laughs> when practice is going to be and all that. Not that we're complaining whatsoever. Uh, and then Sam's doing a million things, including uh, covering uh, the Aces. Uh, in their uh, playoff run, so it's a little bit diff- been been a little bit more difficult uh, to get uh, us together. However, uh, once starting next week, once the regular Raiders go on a regular season schedule, I think we're going to uh, have everything covered. So I'm excited about that, Sam. Um, and as we look at yeah, as we look ahead to or look at uh, this 53 man roster, um, I think the first thing we got to talk about first and foremost is. Um, a guy by the name of Alex Leatherwood didn't make the cut, and um, it's a bit of a shock. Uh, you know, when you, I, I'd say, I'll put it this way: I reported a couple of weeks ago that this was definitely on the table, and at the time, I was a little bit shocked getting that confirmation. I was like, "Wow, okay, it's really fallen pretty fast uh, for Alex Leatherwood." So by the time uh, it actually did happen uh, yesterday, or excuse me, uh, Tuesday of this week, I wasn't as as shocked. I kind of, you know, braced for 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 that reality, but. You know, in an overall sense, Sam, what a shocking development that the 17th pick overall in last year's draft is no longer with the team. And this isn't a situation like Damon Arnett where, you know, you obviously got in trouble, um, you know, uh, and did some things uh, to really just kind of, you know, uh, uh, force himself off this roster. It's not a Henry Ruggs tragic situation. Um, This was literally about... The 17th overall pick, Alex Leatherwood, just not playing well enough to even have a spot on the Raiders' 53-man roster, let alone a starting spot. 
Yeah, Vinny, and, and you know, I thought I think coming into training camp, right? You 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 have the sense that look, Alex Leatherwood, this regime did not select him. Um, there was a lot of people around the league who thought this was a reach at the time, so you understood it was you know kind of. Uh, a different situation, different setting for him, a group that didn't have the same invested investment in him. But nonetheless, uh, you got the sense that he was going to have a fair opportunity to earn the job. And, hey, what, look, maybe would new, would new eyes, new coaching, new development, new philosophies uh, help him? And I think it just kind of be- became clear during training camp that, you know, he just fell behind the eight ball in that regard. And you kind of got the sense, too, Vinny, or at least I did, that it was – you know, as he was struggling and kind of falling down the left, the depth chart, it compounded with a loss of, of confidence um, as well. So, you know, a tough situation for him all around, but it also goes to show you that, um, like you've written many times and discussed many times, that, that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, uh, it's about putting the best roster on the field. They understand what's at stake uh, this season, kind of the opportunity that they have with the, with some of the high-end talent on this roster, trying to build off of a 10-7 and season. Uh, there are expectations, and, and Alex Leatherwood did not meet the expectations uh, put forth for him, and, and the situation is what it is. So I did think, you know, again, going in, that there was going to be a chance that he was going to develop in a, in a different manner, and clearly that didn't happen, at least not here in Las Vegas. Yeah, and I think what the um – yeah, you know, I'm trying to trying to uh, figure out how to how to how to kind of p- portray this or say this, but you know, um, I think at the end of the day, what was what was the most surprising to me, although the more I get to know Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, maybe it's not that surprising. Um, but okay, so all right, it's one thing that he didn't win a starting job, right? Um, I think that uh, that's that that's that could happen. All right. Um, the next the next thing that you think about is if you're if you're Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels is OK. He didn't win the starting job, but there's enough there to invest some more development time um, with the hope of a of a payoff, whether that's this year or down the line. You know, if we if we put the necessary development time in and Alex works hard, there will be a payoff down the road. But they sized that part of it up. Sam and said, you know what, ultimately, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school here, the decision is what the decision was. They basically decided we don't even see that there's going to be any payoff. So we're not going to waste our time putting time into this development if we don't believe that there's going to be a payoff. And also, while we're doing that, taking up a a spot on the 53-man roster that um, could go to somebody that can not only help us right now, but maybe uh, could pay off down the road. That's kind of a, that's just, it's just, it's, it's, you know, what an indictment, right? Uh, that they didn't even have that kind of faith. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a tough situation for him, but you, you kind of saw just as it played out throughout the course of the preseason where he, you know, is, is struggling against backups and reserves and just felt like he was a little out of place. And again, you didn't sense the confidence um, necessary to, to to be a high end offensive lineman in the NFL. So um, it, I thought it was interesting too that you know despite all that, Vinny, as soon as he goes on the waivers, you you find out that whoa, the Chicago Bears uh, jump in and place a waiver claim. So they do the Raiders a little bit of a solid uh, in terms of saving them money. But another regime out there, you know, conversely to what the Raiders didn't see, they do see enough to develop him. So it makes me wonder, is there a change, you know, is, is a scheme change or a, a change in, um, you know, develop position change. Maybe he's more of a guard. I'm not, I'm not sure because we saw a little bit of everything from him um, here in his year plus with the Raiders, including in the training camp. I don't know. Uh, but you, you would have to think that the Raiders have to be pleasantly surprised with how this played out from a financial standpoint, right? 
Oh, if you only knew. <laughs> um, you know, we're, 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 and we're talking about, you know, close to $7 million that comes right off of their books, not just in cap space, but in actual cash. Um, you know, I always try to, to, to advise people, don't always look at cap space, look at cash spent and, um, and, and every team has a budget. Every owner says, look, this is how much we're going to spend. That's it. You know, make it work with that amount of money. Uh, and so when fans say, well, the Raiders have $20 million in cap space. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they literally have $20 million of money. In this case, uh, the five point, you know, this, the six, $7 million that they had allocated for um, Alex Leatherwood in literal cash comes off the book. So now they'll have uh, in their budget um, a little bit more money to spend, some spending money, let's put it that way. So whether right. they, um, you know, spend it or not, that remains to be seen, but they but they have a little bit of wiggle room now uh, in their in their budget to spend a little bit of extra money. So uh, the career of Alex Leatherwood, short-lived as it was, has now come to a uh, conclusion and you move on. Uh, and that's what the Raiders are going to do. That's obviously what Alex Leatherwood is going to do. Um, for the time being, um, you know, it looks like maybe Jermaine or Luminar uh, is in line to start the game at right tackle uh, against the Chargers. However, um, just doing my own uh, little poking around, um, the Raiders think very highly of Thayer Munford. Sure. And he, he returned to practice this week after missing some time, uh, after getting hurt against the Vikings. Um, he was back on the field. Uh, it looks like he's good to go and ready to go. So um, I think sooner rather than later, th- uh, rather than uh, Thayer, rather than later, Thayer Munford's going to make a run at that starting right tackle position. And maybe that's in time uh, for the Chargers game. But I'll ask you this, uh, Sam, uh, how how good or not so good do you feel about what's happening over at the right side of the line of scrimmage now? I think it's a worthwhile flyer, right? I, I, I think clearly from, again, what you saw from Leatherwood last season and then this season in training camp, the Raiders feel like Jermaine Illuminor, um, and then, like you said, Thayer Mumford you know, could eventually be the answer. If, if they feel that way, then that must be for a reason. And when you take a look at Thayer Mumford, yes, he was a you know a seventh-round pick, 238th overall, but let's not act like this guy didn't play in the Big Ten and has right. Big Ten pedigree and was a – Dare I say, two-time first-team Big All Big Ten honoree, right? So he like you know, he played a lot of high-level football. He, he just did, and clearly there's enough there to you know that the Raiders, of course, drafted him for a reason, and, and clearly there's enough there that the Raiders see, hey, maybe this guy could be the future on the right side of the offensive line. And you you see this from time to time, Vinny, right? Like it's not uncommon if you know we're players in late rounds or undrafted players uh, surprise in training camp, you know, work their way to a role and then develop in that role and become really good, especially on, you know, the offensive line. I think you see it, you know, semi-regularly. Yes, you have your blue chip offensive linemen that are drafted super high, but you also have guys that are developmental players or that are in later rounds all the time that go on to be really good players. So uh, clearly the, the Raiders see that kind of potential um, and Thayer Mumford. And when you, you you look at what he brings and just in terms of the size, the measurables and the pedigree coming out of the Big Ten, you could say, yeah, Alex Leatherwood had all those same things, but we've seen it for a year plus that it wasn't working here. And, you know, why not give the opportunity to the rookie? So I think the Raiders have to feel good. Like, you know, Jermaine Illuminor, you have a guy with some experience that's made some spot starts, that's versatile, that's filled in before. He can tie things over until you get um, the rookie ready. But clearly, I I think, yeah, maybe you want to feel better. It's not, of course, a strength of the team by any means, but it looks like there's something, you know, something that they're working with here where, 
you know, they, they see designs short term and long term this working. You know, and it, and it could very well be a situation where once uh, everybody sees it uh, out there uh, on the field, starting with uh, the game against the Chargers, uh, whatever iteration of the offensive line it is, whether it's Thayer Munford or Jermaine Illumin or over at right tackle, whether there's Dylan Parham uh, or John Simpson at right guard, whatever, whatever um, iteration it turns out to be. Maybe once everybody sees it uh, in action and schemed up, along with Derek Carr and the first team uh, offensive weapons, maybe it'll 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 ease some concerns. So uh, we'll see. And I'm not I'm not I'm definitely not ruling that out. Uh, I think this coaching staff and and this regime uh, has a pretty good idea of what they need to see. Um, and so far, they've seen uh, enough from the players that are on this roster that they're going to be able to uh, to get this thing done at a uh, at the at an acceptable. Uh, level. Um, moving on, when we're talking about this 53-man roster, you know, um, uh, Sam, it's it's always I, I I pinch myself sometimes being able to sit there during a practice, standing alongside guys like yourself and others uh, of our colleagues, and you know, it's it's easy to get fixated on. Man, Devonte Adams is really good. We're lucky to be able to sit here and watch somebody work at his craft uh, at that high of a level. And you know, on and on and on. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, the, the, those guys. But you know what's always a treat for me is especially early on trying to spot the guys on the very back end. Sure. Um, you know, the undrafted free agents, guys like that. Um, to try to figure out, is there anybody here that um, you know has a chance to uh, to really uh, make their mark or make this team for that matter? And really early on, there were a group of guys that you know I can remember talking to our friend Q Myers um, about on the sidelines or yourself. And they, lo and behold, I, Isaiah Polamalu, um, uh, Darian Butler. Luke Masterson and Sam Webb, guys that we just kept seeing out there making plays, doing the right thing, showing up to practice every single day. Lo and behold, I'm playing well in the preseason. Here they are getting their chance to make the 53-man roster. And it's always cool to see that progression and see the guys that sort of break through um, from 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 their, from that particular starting point. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. And, and how many undrafted players have, have we seen go on to make massive – you know, in massively impactful plays or have, you know, excellent um, careers, right? Like this is, there are, there's multiple ways to, to put together um, a football team. So for those guys, like you're right, there's just, there was an element of consistency that you saw throughout the course of training camp. And it, it just makes, you know, a certain, you know, players, sometimes veterans, sometimes other younger players, it creates the flexibility to move on and, and, you know, maybe some financial flexibility down the road. And of course, gives these guys opportunities to prove themselves at the highest level as well. So to your point, right, like the, the, the cutting process, it's, it's, I'm sure it's one of the, you know, we hear coaches and, and GMs talk about it. It's difficult. These are, this is, you know, so many people, the, the work goes into this and, and you're hoping for an opportunity. But conversely, there is a payoff for, you know, the guys like you mentioned, the four guys like you mentioned, or a DJ Turner, right? Yeah. Who you know, has been grinding and, and kind of working and working and working to find an opportunity now where he sticks. So that is one of the cooler parts of this time of year. Is yet, yes, there, there's going to be some, you know, careers ending and for, for some veterans and whatnot, but there's also some some burgeoning careers just beginning. And you have that here with the Raiders with four undrafted players on, you know, in this class. And now it is that time of the podcast. We are joined by Chuck Esposito, Director of Race and Sports for Station Casinos. Chuck, of course, joins us every week to talk about the Raiders, uh, the Vegas betting landscape, and all things sports. Chuck, we're down to 53 players across the NFL. It's a glorious time. Week one right around the corner. First and foremost, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Sam. I think I said this uh, last time we were together. 
Yay, sportsbooks. Yeah. We're, we're excited about it. I mean, it's uh, this weekend, you know, coming up is the first kind of, you know, this is it. College football, first full week, Labor Day weekend, games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. It's traditional. We haven't had it now for, for three years because of COVID. And then uh, a week from Thursday, uh, the NFL kicks off. So it's uh, it's fun for us. And you can just tell there's an added kind of buzz, vibe, electricity in the sports books. And then even talking about the Raiders, you know, the only team in the preseason that were 4-0, <laughs> yeah. which unfortunately cost us a lot of money. <laughs> but um, but it, it's exciting the football's finally here. No, it's, uh, and I, we'll, you know, large slate, obviously 16 games week one, Chuck. <laughs> we'll go over, you know, some of those now and then some right. of them next week because we're going to do a couple pods before week one begins. But I want to go into, you know, the, Nobody's played yet, right? And most of these teams, a lot of them haven't even played any of their starters right. during the preseason. How? What's the nuance like setting week one lines compared to kind of the rest of the season? You know, week one's a little bit more difficult. Uh, you're, you're kind of putting week one lines up based on um, some of the moves they've made in the offseason, kind of things you've heard, uh, trends, projections for these teams, um, knowing that, hey, we know that that Tampa's going to be good. We, we know that Buffalo's going to be good. Kansas City's going to be good. Uh, a team like the Chargers, for an example, there's a lot of hype on the Chargers. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hype on the Eagles. Um, how good are they when they actually take the field? So every year you see teams that are projected um, to be you know, a contender that aren't and teams that we didn't think very highly of that are really good, like the Bengals last year, who actually going into the season last year, Sam, they were the second from the bottom mm. on our future book odds yeah. to win win the Super Bowl. Now, yeah. They didn't win it, but they almost did. So, I mean, that goes to show you that we're not always right. Sure, sure, absolutely. And how long, Chuck, would you say before you really have a strong handle of kind of what the team is going to be, or does it vary? It, it varies somewhat. I think we'll have a general idea after the first couple of weeks. Sure. You can kind of see kind of trends and how teams play together. And, um, you know, I, I think you'll have an idea pretty quickly. Again, I think we know some of the good teams. If you remember last year, I mean, Buffalo had so much hype, yet they lost at home yeah, yeah. week one to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it takes a few weeks to kind of get a gauge for a team. Um, but I think we'll know pretty early. I think the big keys are like, what impact will Tyreek Hill have with the Dolphins? What impact will Adams have with the Raiders? Some of the big moves the that faces. occurred. Yeah. How did they impact the team? How do they kind of mesh? And where does it bring that team with those talented guys on, in the fold? Yeah, absolutely, Chuck. First, we, you know, that takes us right into week one here. Um, you mentioned the Bills. They, of course, kick off the season at the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Buffalo giving two and a half. This, to me, look, two clear Super Bowl contenders would not be a total shock to anybody right if we see this in february i don't think that's unrealistic no. by any means but when you take a look at this matchup a first and foremost how is exciting how exciting is it to get a potential super bowl preview um it, right out of the gate and then what do you expect from these two teams as we kind of move throughout the course of the season here love the schedule makers for giving us this game it's going to be a, a huge handle probably uh playoff-esque um it's it's funny but it reminds me a little bit of the kansas city buffalo playoff game last year we know the epic game with 13 seconds to go kansas city came down tied the game one in overtime um but in that game they bet buffalo as well on the money line and with the points and they were almost right and i think you're looking at this and they're thinking although the rams won the super bowl Buffalo's the best team in football. Mm. It's less than a field goal. Maybe maybe the Rams have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Um, we know they had some offseason moves. Uh, they, 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 they lose Von Miller. Um, Stafford hasn't been healthy all offseason. Uh, both Akers and Henderson have been banged up a bit. The Buffalo team, this Buffalo team might be a little bit more hungry. And I think that's why the betters have kind of gone that way. It didn't open two and a 
half where it is right now. It's gone that way based on action. For me, I'm going to be really curious to see if it gets to three yeah. before kickoff. Yeah, that's a big question. Because if I, you can take three with the Rams, you have to think at home, defending champs. Sure. There's a whole heck of a lot of value there with that defense. Absolutely. And then, you know, there's a couple major new faces. Allen Robinson, of course, right. with the Rams. Then Von Miller in Buffalo. So a couple impact players potentially I mean, in New I'll interject. I mean, you think about how good Kenny Galladay was when he had Matt Stafford. Sure. And when he didn't, he wasn't the same guy. Now, you look at the year that Cooper Cup had with Matt Stafford, and now Allen Robinson, who comes from a really bad situation in Chicago, now has Matt Stafford. He's going to be a guy that maybe takes that offense to another level because he has Matt Stafford. Absolutely. And, and you know, former 1,000-yard receiver, we we know what he's capable of. And still, Chuck, believe it or not, only 29 years of age. Right. Feels like one of these veterans that's been around a long time. Uh, moving along, Baltimore giving seven to the Jets. Chuck, do you expect Baltimore? What kind of year do you think Bal- uh, Lamar Jackson's going to have this contract stuff? Still some uncertainty there. Do you think he's in for a big year given this contract status? I think he has to be, Sam. Uh, he's kind of bet on himself. Um, I, I think he has to be. I personally like Baltimore a lot. I think when you look at the North, and uh, I think they can win it. I, I think when you look at their Super Bowl odds, there's a lot of value on the Ravens. They were in so many games last year, almost made the playoffs, lost a lot of one-score games, had more injuries than almost anybody else in football, especially to the running back room. Um, I think they're a really good team. I think you love Mark Andrews. You have to hope that Bateman takes the next step. Uh, they signed Mark Davis in the off, Michael, Mike Davis in the offseason. You have to hope that Dobbins and Edwards and these guys come back at some point. I'm not sure that Dobbins will be healthy week one. If he is, maybe you don't get him 100%. Um, but I love their coach. They're a really mm-hmm. good team. Uh, they're playing against a team now who's going to be quarterbacked by ex-Raven Joe Flacco. <laughs> yep. Um, so I, I like this Raven team a lot. For me, they're the best team in the AFC North, mm. and it wouldn't stun me if they make a deep playoff run. That's just personal opinion, but I think this Raven team is really good. Defensively loaded, Lamar Jackson, we know what he's capable of when he is healthy. And let's not forget, Chuck, Ravens had the best record in the AFC last year at the time of Lamar Jackson's yep. injury. They were they, they were piecing it together. Like their draft a lot. I love the picking of Hamilton from Absolutely. Notre Dame. I think he helps that back end. They really had a lot of injuries last year. I think if they can get by that a little bit, get some of these young wideouts to really emerge in. Depending on what happens with Jackson's contract, I mean, if he doesn't get it done, I mean, that's a major, like, fine. I'll show you guys, you know? I think he wants to get it done, and I think the organization does. But if not, uh, it's going to be just a chip on his shoulder, I think, all season. Absolutely. Moving along the NFC South, Saints giving five and a half to the Falcons. Um, Saints, a lot of intrigue. I don't feel like they've been talked about a ton, but they lose one of the best coaches in NFL history and Sean Payton, one of the most successful coaches. Dennis Allen jumps in, was there last year and, and you know recently, but hadn't had a lot of success as a head coach. Of course, Jameis Winston coming off the knee injury. Still, I like their defense a lot. One of the better defensive teams in the league. Chuck, is this a Saints team that you think can push for the playoffs this season? I do, Sam. I think they're really good as well. Uh, at the time of Winston's injury last year, they had just beaten the Packers and the Bucks, mm. and they'd beat them handily yeah. when he got hurt. So, I mean, he, he's a guy that's going to make all the difference for that team. Uh, doesn't look like there'll be any suspension for Kamara. Um, you have Ingram behind him. But if Michael Thomas is back and healthy, you sign Jarvis Landry. And then we've seen the success of young wideouts the last few years. You seen the impact of Justin Jefferson, of Jamar Chase. I think Chris Olave could be that receiver this year on that offense. You add Matthew on the defensive side to kind of anchor the back end. They already had a really good defense. 
I think that offense isn't getting a lot of ink, but if Winston's healthy and Thomas is healthy, I think they're a scary good offense, and they've played Tampa really well yeah, they over the last few years. Yeah, they have. And, of course, one of the best defenses in the NFL the last couple of seasons, forcing turnovers, getting after the quarterback, doing everything you need. A couple matchups I want to hit really quick. Uh, Miami hosting New England, giving three, and then Carolina uh, uh, hosting the Browns, giving two and a half. Miami, new coach, Tyreek Hill, Feels like this is kind of a boomer bust season for Tua. It does. It's funny, but they're getting all the hype right now, not the Patriots. Mm. Um, and you look at the the season the Patriots had, all the rookie quarterbacks last year, Mac Jones had the best year. He still didn't win rookie of the year because you, you look at the year that uh, Jamar Chase had. But this is a Patriot team that hasn't looked great in the preseason. You've heard a lot of rumblings about, you know, Matt Patricia and, and calling the offense and going from defense to offense. And what identity do the Patriots have? But they still have Belichick. It's still the Patriots. <laughs> yep. Is it going to stun me if they if they win eleven or twelve games this year? No. Uh, will it stun me if they win six? No. So I think there's a lot of you know uncertainty with the Patriots right now. But there is a tremendous amount of hype and kind of backing for Miami right now. Um, you know, new coaches. You said making that big move for Hill. What a wide receiver combo you have now with uh, with Waddle and Hill. Yeah. You've got Kaseki at tight end. A lot of running backs in the running back room. You added Mozart. You added Chase. Edmonds. Um, they still have Gaskin. You've got a lot of guys that can contribute there, but I think it is a big year for Tua. I think the expectation level is that he does take this offense to the next step with Tyreek Hill. And all the all the opportunity in the world, right? You have an offensive-minded, you go from a defensive-minded head coach to an offensive-minded head coach, speed on the perimeter, offensive line should be better. So I think we're going to learn a lot about him as the season rolls on. And, and I think it's interesting because ultimately who is going to miss who more yeah. is the big question. Is it going to be Hill really misses Mahomes? Um, or is it going to be that Mahomes really misses Hill? And you and although they've had some success in the preseason, there's been a, a few balls by Tua that have been underthrown. Yeah, that really didn't happen <laughs> with Mahomes. But but uh, Hill is so dangerous with yak yards after catch that maybe it won't make that big of a difference. Same thing in, in you know with the Raiders and Packers. Is it going to be more that Rodgers really misses Adams, or does Adams really miss Rodgers? Those are going to be two really interesting and I think kind of intriguing storylines as the season moves on. You touched on that AFC. North a minute ago, Chuck. Bengals giving six and a half uh, to Pittsburgh. Chuck, I think Cincinnati, I really like what they did in the offseason. They surprised running the Super Bowl. You shore up that offensive line, a little bit of continuity on that defense now. And we know on the perimeter, they're as good as it gets. It, like you I know, you said Baltimore might be the team to beat in the AFC North, but with another run, a deep postseason run for uh, Cincinnati, surprise you at all? It wouldn't surprise me. I'm just not as much as fired up about them this year. I don't think they're going to take catch anybody by surprise. Sure. Um, the expectation level now is, hey, we know what that offense is all about. Um, I love Burrow, but, you know, he had four huge monster games last year that really padded his stats. Um, could it be a suitable hangover? Um, they're still the Bengals. Um, and this Pittsburgh team, you know, under Tomlin, never below 500. I love what they did in the offseason with who they added on defense. I love, you know, picking up Pickens now to go with Claypool and Johnson uh, and Harris on offense and Fairmuth. They've got a lot of good weapons there. I think from a value perspective and what we've seen, say, for sharp action, it's the Steelers. Mm. To win the North, mm. um, to make the playoffs, um, to, to, to win the Super Bowl, to win the conference. They have been that kind of vogue value pick more than any other team. Not in 
including the Raiders, of course, is a different story. But they've been kind of that vogue pick by the sharp betters this year in the offseason has been the Steelers. Interesting. I think, you know, going to come down to the quarterback in Pittsburgh. We know about that roster, like you said, the weapons on the perimeter. And then, of course, that defense. One more game. We'll and I, I'm sorry. Real quick on, on them, though, Sam. It's, you know. Roethlisberger had a tremendous career. Sure. But unfortunately, he was pretty much a statue last yeah, year. absolutely. He couldn't really move. And I think with the receivers that they have, and if it's Pickett or Drubisky, and I think it's going to be Pickett sooner rather than later. Yep. Um, they're just too close. And you didn't invest that draft pick in him. And you know what he has, the big arm. He can run. And he practiced in there. He worked out in that facility for the last few years. So they know him pretty well. Yep. I really think it's going to be Pickett soon. And, and I think in a weird way, even though he's going to be a young quarterback and he'll make some mistakes he's going to make that offense better because big ben just couldn't move around a lot last year yeah yeah that was obvious and just kind of the way that you saw their offense right. run especially with a leaky offensive line like they've had the last few years too chuck last one and then we'll cover the second half next week uh san francisco and chicago battle of second year <laughs> yeah. quarterbacks and teams that have totally different objectives right look at san francisco <clears throat> super bowl caliber roster look at chicago feels like a, the rebuild is still continuing there um who has more pressure on them in year two Oh, I, I clearly think it's San Francisco. Sure. I think the expectation level there is sky high. I think they can win the West. I really do. I do too. I think you look at that defense and it's really good. Uh, Shanahan, you can make a case, is one of the top three coaches in the league. Lynch has done a great job as GM there. Um, you look at the skill position players, Ayuk and, and Samuel and Kittle and the running backs that they have there with Mitchell and Sermon. They're really good. But you you expect Trey Lance, who really hasn't played a lot of football in two years, mm -hmm. um, to to be the guy. I, I, it's a little bit of a head scratcher, the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing, <laughs> because you were ready to move on. I don't even know how they were able to, to structure it. You told the guy that was guaranteed $25 million, we're going to pay you a fifth of that with incentives. I don't, I mean, there must be some other, you know, things that are going on there. It gives them that insurance policy, but I think there's a lot of pressure on Trey Lance and that offense to really produce because they're a team that I think they, they may win ugly and lose some games early, but by the end of the season, they might be one of the best teams in football. Um, in Chicago's case, I think you only want to see progress out of Justin Fields. They're going to have more money than any team to spend next year um, in free agency. They're probably going to have at least a top 10 pick, maybe a top five pick, maybe the first overall yeah, for pick. Sure. Um, the current regime of, of Poles and Everplus, they're not married to, to Justin Fields. They didn't draft him. You're going to have Stroud and Hall that potentially could come out and be an impact quarterback. You just want to see Fields have some improvement. He looked great in that last preseason game against Cleveland. I think if he takes some steps this year, they don't have to worry about that. I think it's, it's a better team that two or three years from now, we're having a different discussion about, but I think a lot more pressure on, on the 49ers and Trey Lance this year than the Bears. Yeah, stepping into a situation where, look, they, they were a couple plays away from the Super Bowl last year, and it's your job, Trey Lance, to, to, to build on that and take this team to the and, promised land. And he land. really only has to, I think, manage that a little bit. Yep. And I think he adds the extra dimension because he can run. Yep. Um, but he's got to make some of those throws. Again, he hasn't played much in two years. And I think Lynch and, and Shanahan will put him in the best position possible. Uh, but it's nice that they have that uh, insurance policy and Jimmy G right now standing on the sideline holding a clipboard. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it makes you wonder, Chuck, is it will there be a quarterback needy team in the middle of the season that comes and antes up and makes a trade at it that It might point? be San Francisco. Yeah, it <laughs> might be. You never know, right. right? So, Chuck, we appreciate it. We'll, we'll cover the second half of, of games um, next week and, of course, try and hit on a little bit on every team as you help us preview uh, this 2022 NFL season. We're only, what, eight, <laughs> seven, eight, nine days away, Chuck, so cannot wait for everything to get started. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. All right. Thanks, Sam. Again, it's Yay Sportsbooks. Love being here with you and uh, look forward to breaking down all the games, including the Raider game next week. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
Vegas. Get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit. Yeah, and oh, by the way, um, that's why I refute the whole notion that Oh, the preseason means nothing. Try telling that, you know, uh, to Isaiah uh, Palomau. Try telling that, you know, to Luke Masterson. That was critical for them to be able to take what they learned, um, you know, in the practice field, in the classroom, and then go apply it in an actual game and make plays and stand out. That was really important for them. So, you know, it's not always about, you know, gosh, not being able to see the starters, not being able to see um, you know, the, the big name guys sometimes take a look at the subtleties and, 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 you know, uh, who is actually out there playing because there's a lot of them that, that end up, you know, not just making teams, but making really nice careers for themselves. Got to ask you, Sam, though, um, speaking about the, uh, the defensive side of the ball, a lot of those guys yeah. that you just mentioned are defensive side of the side guys, the trade of yeah. Trayvon Mullen. Um, kind of, and I, I really that's part and parcel with Sam Webb. I think the reason why Trayvon Mullen isn't on the roster right now is because of Sam Webb. Um, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I think you know, at first, a little surprising, right? Because he's a guy that, although there was some uncertainty uh, with with you know the injuries during the offseason, so the surgery and whatnot, and him, you know, Trayvon Mullen missing a lot of time last year, he felt before like before the injury, he was an ascending player. Uh, in their secondary and somebody that, hey, it could maybe be a lo- you know, long-term part of the solution. But like you said, uh, just from a, fl- a roster flexibility standpoint, from a, a contractual standpoint, and, you know, those are, you know, the, like, yes, it's about right now and, and building for right now. But given that there was, an uh, you know, an element of, of Trayvon Mullen that was a little unproven coming, you know, after dealing, what, you know, dealing with what he dealt with, uh, it gives you the flexibility to, like you said, you know, focus on a guy like Sam Webb, give him an opportunity. And, of course, um, you know, Rocky Yassin and Anthony Averett, it also speaks to, I think, what those guys have done as well in, 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 you know, in being able to displace, you know, a guy like Trayvon Mullen as a starter. And for Arizona, I mean, that's a team that needs, you know, needed a corner, right? And now you go out and get one who's Trayvon Mullen. Yes, you know, a lot to play for uh, this season uh, in particular. And, and what we saw what he was capable of when he was healthy. So sometimes trades, I think, make sense for both teams. And this felt like a tra- like a, a, a trade that makes sense for both teams. Like not every trade has to have a major winner or a loser. Like Arizona fills a need, and it, this you know this bodes well for what the Raiders want to do, given that you're able to mine a player like Sam Webb and undrafted free agency and develop him into somebody that they believe can contribute. Right? Yes, absolutely, without question. And um, listening to Josh McDaniels talk uh, about decisions that are made. Um, not, not not just on the 53-man roster, but also on that practice ro- roster. Um, you also have to look at where your roster is for the future. So not just the 2022 season, although that's the entire focus or most of the focus. Uh, you know, But when you're building a roster, you also have to look at, all right, well, what does our roster look like at certain positions for next year uh, as well? So um, you know, when you look at, let's say, um, Sam Webb, and in a second we're going to go. We're going to talk about running back as well. All right, so Sam Webb is now under control for the next four years or so, whereas Trayvon Mullen 
Um, this is the last year of his contract. There was no guarantee that he's going to be back uh, next year. And there's a, a couple of uh, their Brock Yassin is on a one year deal. Basically, you know, Anthony Averett signed on, on a one year, one year deal. So when you're Dave Ziegler and you're Josh McDaniels and you're starting to make decisions on, um, you know, your, your, your roster for now and, and, and the future, you're looking at that cornerback room outside of Nate Hobbs and now Sam Webb. There was a lot of uncertainty, like you could have a complete turnover uh, between now and, and next year. And so you have to have some guys that are here that are going to be here for a little while, that have a chance, I should say, to be here a little while contractually. So, um, you know, that made a little bit of a sense when you when you start looking at Sam Webb and the future, as opposed to Trayvon Mullen and maybe the non-future that he had here with the Raiders. And the same thing I could say about the running back room. You know, they got rid of Kenyon Drake, who had one year left on his contract. Um, and they kept uh, a guy like Britton Brown, who I thought flashed enough in, in preseason to show that he was an NFL-worthy running back. It might not happen for him this year, but Britton Brown and Zamir White are now really the future of that running back room because – just like Kenyon Drake was on a one-year deal, Josh Jacobs is entering the last year of his contract. Amir Abdullah is on a one-year deal. So you have to, again, start planning for the future as well. And sometimes part of that planning is developing younger players right now um, that you're going to have under control for the next few years so that they're ready to take over when other guys leave. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you kind of get, you know, it's even, and even from just like a structural standpoint this season, when you talk about the running back group, I feel like there's a, a lot of versatility now, right? Like, and, and there's a lot of guys that complement each other and they're all in different situations. And who knows? Like, that kind of competition brings out the best in everybody. It's easy to see, you know, kind of why they took that approach, um, given that, you know, that element of, of the, the game in particular is, is you know, is theoretically the easiest to replace. So, Josh Jacobs now on a contract year, big year for him. And then you have help behind him that's ready to step in if and when he chooses to move on um for next season so yeah it's there there is you're it's it feels like a really fine line right like about building right now and building for this particular season when there is our expectations and then um and then you go for the future as well but that's what you know Dave Ziegler has had to walk and there, there have been some you know some tough decisions some decisions with some financial consequences but it's all about kind of balancing that line right and that's what, what you I think you've seen the Raiders do with the way that they constructed this particular roster yeah I'm going to bring up an example of when I was covering uh, the Rams um, about four years ago or so uh, they drafted uh, a young kid out of I want to say it was Rutgers guy by the name of Sebastian Joseph Day defensive lineman Rutgers stayed you know made the team as a late round draft pick um, made the team I don't even think he played one down um, Sam I don't even remember if he dressed out I think he was an inactive the entire game and all throughout the season the general manager Les Snead was telling me look if we need him we think that he can play right now but more than anything he's just redshirting this year because his best days are, are coming and um, that's exactly what happened by the next year um, he had you know, become an NFL player, you know, uh, invested in himself and his body. And the next year he's pushing for a starting job and was an important piece uh, of the puzzle. The next year he was definitely a starter. Well, he just signed a nice big contract with the LA chargers. Uh, so it all worked and he didn't play a lick his first year. Um, and that might be the case with the Britain Brown. It might be the case with a Sam Webb. We don't know uh, yet how that, how that's all going to play out. But don't mistake them not playing for the team not believing in them. And as we talked about with uh, Alex Leatherwood, the investment that they're putting in with the hopes that there's going to be a payoff down the road, a bigger payoff down the road, the opposite is true, too, with guys like that where, okay, 
it might not be for right now, but if we continue to work at it and they continue to work at it, there's going to be something there down the road. And oh, by the way, if Britton Brown's got to play this year, I would imagine that he's going to acquit himself pretty well. Yeah, I, I would think so too. And then clearly, right, there, there is a, a the Raiders are high on on those, those young running backs and believe that they could be the future of the program. And again, it just kind of creates more versatility and more flexibility financially, not only right now, uh, but moving forward as well. So, yeah, there, I think you know they're. It, this is like you mentioned. I thought it was good that you pointed out at the top of the show, Vinny. Right? Like this is the fifty-three man roster for now. Right. Things change. Things are fluid, and we'll kind of we'll have a better idea as the season evolves what the strengths. You know, we know what some of the strengths of this team are, but we'll have a, a more clear idea of what what the strengths and weaknesses are, what adjustments might might need to be made moving forward. But as of right now, it does feel like they they were able to strike a, a balance, or certainly a balance that they want of building for this season and, and building for the future, and, and and kind of moving in the direction that this regime wants to take this this organization okay so we know what the 53 man roster uh, looks like right now sam um it'll change it always does uh but i think the core pieces are in place you know we've been talking about some of the back end of the of the uh of the room um and position rooms um you know and, and you know tipping our cap to some of the young guys uh that work their way onto this roster but the reality is we know that this team is Derek Carr, Devonte adams and you know colton miller and that offensive line and so on and so forth max crosby and and uh, chandler jones and Nate Hobbs, who we got a chance to talk to this week. So um, moving past, uh, very quickly, moving past, um, you know, some of those younger players, uh, acknowledging that the the fact of the matter is, and the question that I'll have for you is, as you look at this 53-man roster, especially this core and these key players, do the Raiders have enough um, to go out there and compete at the highest level? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, does that mean I, you know, that I think they're a lock to make the playoffs? Like, absolutely not. There's a lot of factors, a lot of variables that have to fall into place. But when we we know that offensively, they have uh, perhaps the top, you know, top skill position players in the league, or, or certainly are in that discussion. When you think about the way Devontae Adams. Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro complement one another. Uh, this can be a super explosive offense. You have a quarterback in Derek Carr who was in his prime and and just led the team to a playoff berth last season, despite all the issues and turmoil. Um, right, and and he you know showed right the offensive line wasn't a strength last season either, and there was enough there for him to still throw for almost five thousand yards. So the pieces are in place for him having his best you know the best season of his career, one of the best seasons of his career. Uh, defensively, the most important part of a good defense, I think, is a, is a great pass rush. You have a pass rushing tandem in Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, and then it looks like you have some depth behind him too uh, with with Malcolm Koontz and just some of the way um, that the other players are developing some of the other free agent acquisitions. Uh, and and we'll you know we'll see about the secondary, but you have a pass rush, you have perimeter players on offense, and you have a quarterback in his prime um, that that is you know capable of putting up big statistics and, and you know carrying teams at times. So yeah, the, the 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 pieces are in place. I do think they are in place now. That we know the division is loaded. We know it's a really it's you know there's going to be uh, other teams that they're going to have to compete with you know for a playoff board. But when you again at the at, when you think about the high end talent. They have a lot of really good players, and that's a nice place to start when you want to compete for a playoff berth. Yeah, uh, without question. And, uh, oh, by the way, a guy by the name of Darren Waller uh, is back in the fold. Um, hopefully everybody can now uh, chill out. I was never worried or concerned about 
any of that. Um, I think he just needed to be extremely careful as of the team uh, with the hamstring. The, the, the contract talks play into it, maybe on some level. You know, you just don't want to jeopardize anything uh, by coming back too soon, um, especially for training camp practices. Uh, there was no need for that. But Darren Waller is back. I would expect him to play, be uh, obviously out there on uh, September 11th when the Raiders play the Chargers and be a big part of this. And uh, I, for one, um, cannot wait uh, to see what that looks like, um, what this Raider team looks like. Um, we're going to get a, uh, a a big test right off the bat uh, in terms of for the Chargers as well as the Raiders. I mean, what a way for the AFC West to kind of kick off, Sam, um, with, with these two teams deciding, you know, or, or playing uh, against one another and, and and a test, I think, for, for both teams to really see where they're at. Well, how about the last matchup, Vinny, right? It was only the, it was only the game of the year in the 2021 season. So uh, I can't wait. I, I think the AFC West, all those games, every matchup in the division is going to be like must-watch and, and fireworks because all four of these teams, I think, have similar expectations, and that is to, you know, make a deep playoff run, and they should. I mean, I, you, based, could all three teams, you know, could, could all four teams in the division make the playoffs? Yeah, there's an outside chance of that happening, but the probability suggests that it's going to be three tops, and – you know that that's that's what makes this division so fascinating. Is like who's going to be the odd team out if if all four uh, don't make them. So super interesting, super fun, and like you said, a perfect way uh, for for the AFC West to get started for the Raiders and Chargers to kind of test out their new look teams and for us to get a feel for what we might expect throughout the course of the 2022 season. And Vegas Nation, first and 10, and all of our Raider podcasts will be here with you every step of the way. Sam, thanks uh, for for a great show. Always appreciate it. We'll talk to you uh, down the road. Thanks to our listeners um, and and loyal uh, you know subscribers. We truly appreciate it. You're why we do this, uh, to be perfectly frank. Thank you so much. Uh, and we can't wait to continue to bring you great Raider content here at Vegas Nation. Uh, download the app, Vegas Nation, or or just go online, VegasNation.com, uh, uh, to get all your great uh, Raider um, you know, information, photos, columns, everything, the whole nine yards, videos, of course, podcasts. Uh, and, of course, a great thanks to Larry Muir, our fantastic producer, uh, for always keeping us line in line, keeping us on time, and uh, helping us sound really good. Uh, and lastly, Vegas Nation uh, is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. We will check you guys out next week. It will be game week when we talk to you. The Raiders preparing to play the Los Angeles Chargers. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit.